know, Pastor Richard and Helen Kabakian are just been great friends of Emerge. We kind of met them essentially by accident in that uh, Pastor Cameron Bennett, you know, who we know well, he said, you've got to meet this couple. There's Richard and Helen Kabakian. They're in uh, Melbourne. And so we, that day we went to lunch and they were there. They were in an actual restaurant where we were at. And uh, so I introduced myself and we talked and, and immediately there was just this affinity. It was like I'd met a long lost brother. It was like someone I could trust immediately, which doesn't actually happen a lot. And uh, they were just like spirits. And, uh, and so we've just got on well. They've come and ministered three different times. Pastor Helen has seen like the growth of what's been happening there at Morayfield. She came when it was in the Morayfield cinemas and she came when it was in the, uh, in the school and now she's come when it's in our own building and she's come and she's the only preacher who's ever done that. And Pastor Richard, even though he's a young man, is a father to many people and a great man. And uh, I love Pastor Richard. He's going to come and preach a great word. I've talked too long. Let's give him a great hand as he comes to preach the word of the Lord. Wow. Good evening, everybody. Great to be with you. And uh, worship team, if we can just stay just for a moment longer. There's just a really special song that means a lot to me. And I'm just wondering if you guys would, maybe some of you know it, maybe some of you don't. But I just thought if we could just sing a little bit of it, it'd be great. Um, it starts like this. It goes, da, 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 da. You don't know that here. It's called the Carlton theme song. You guys don't know the Carlton uh, no? Someone. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Didn't really expect you to know it, but I knew that a few South Australians might. And, um, and yeah. It's Queensland. <laughs> but I love Queensland. There is an affinity with Queensland. This is my lovely wife, Helen. Helen, why don't you just stand up very quickly because Helen is actually a grandmother now. I reckon she's the hottest, hottest grandmother going around. For me, anyway, for me. And uh, we, are, we, are, we are grandparents now. Yeah, it's great. We're so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, at least someone is. Keep an eye on you, man. But um, pastors, uh, pastors Mark and Nina probably don't realise that in the morning service, we already decided that Helen and I are going to resign Lifehouse Melbourne. We're going to be the Redcliffe pastors, right? So we already decided that behind your back. We just thought we'd join this amazing team. We're really humble, submissive people, and we will do a great job out there. Apparently, it's a magnificent area out there. It's where the rich people live, apparently. It's, that's what they told us. They said there's amazing cafes and restaurants and your car will only be stolen once a month. Is that, is, is that true? Something like that? No. It's great. Hey, I am going to get into the Word tonight and I know, I know for a fact that there are some people here and this is your first time uh, or your second time and I, I know for some people you may be a little nervous your friends brought you here but I've got to tell you these are a great bunch of people here actually they're the sort of people that when you say something great they just start clapping like just for no <laughs> I'm not lying seriously just you say some good things they just start clapping spontaneously someone even says amen and and stuff like that and um but um I'm just I'm have you broken a guitar string bro 
Well, there goes Holy Spirit, man. He's just like, forget it. Oh, we were going to do something magnificent, but maybe we'll do it toward the end. Yeah, because you can't do it without that guitar. We need the guitar. Can you give the worship team a huge round of applause? We love these guys. We love them. It is great to be with you uh, tonight, guys. And, um, and, and my prayer is that this will be a really meaningful night for everybody. Um, here tonight. You know, when you come to church, it's always, it's always a great expectation to believe that God can do something fresh in your life. Um, it, it's, it's an expectation. You actually get what you want with God. And if you come in here and you think, oh, I've heard it all and God's got nothing much to say, well, that's pretty much what will happen. But if you go, no, God, I, I trust that something great's going to happen here. And, uh, and I, know, I know your pastors and, um, and they're just the real deal people. They just, you know, when we sit around, and I've got to tell you, Pastors Mark and Nina, I just need to take the time to say this, that when we spend time with these people in a restaurant, you know, all we seem to do with these guys, I've heard that message that he's going to preach to you next week because that's all we seem to do is talk about the Lord and the good things God is doing in this church. And it's, that's, that's why we have such a great friendship because we love God too and they love God and, and, and we've come to know their amazing children. Can you give their children? I know they get embarrassed. They probably hate this. They hate it. Right, pastors' kids don't like that much. But we love knowing their children because, you know, they say the apple doesn't fall too far, you know. And, and so we love their kids. We just think they are the real deal. They, they've really got a heart for God, and they must have gotten that from somewhere. But I've got to say that, the, that, that their children have felt loved by this church. And I've got to, you guys need a huge round of applause that you've been a great church to their children as well. Amen. All right, come on, let's bow our heads and pray and then we'll get into this and and God's gonna do something great, I believe. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. Thank you for what you're doing in the different locations. You're bringing hope through this community, God, into different communities. And Father, I just wanna thank you for the heartbeat of this church, that it's just here to love people and, and to help people love God so that they can understand how much you love them. And so Father, I just pray right now that every heart would be moved tonight and that we would all come a little bit closer to Jesus in that beautiful name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Um, you know, I, I don't know, please help me out here. Let's, let's preach to each other a little, okay? Feel free to yell out once in a while. Is anyone else concerned about what's going on in our world at the moment, especially our young people, in regards to anxiety and depression? And it just seems like it's just a normal thing now. Everyone's got depression, everyone's, I mean, you know, when I say everyone, I know I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it doesn't seem that way sometimes. Every person in this room would know someone who is suffering anxiety or deep depression. Everyone in this room, that's, that's just the stat. You would know someone. That wasn't always the case, guys. Those of you who are under 30 years old, I've got to tell you something, like I'm sort of 104 now. Um, Kidding, right? Supposed to have laughed a little bit louder. Some of you went, wow, he looks good for his age. Seriously, it wasn't a big thing. Mark, seriously, was it a big thing in your day? Like there was a few people that had anxiety. There was a few people that, you know, had maybe a propensity to go that way. But even then it was because they had some sort of trauma in there, wasn't it? Now it just seems like it's the diet of the day. And, and, you know, we, we've got a young adults ministry in our church. We've got a kids ministry and we've got teachers that are working in schools and they just can't believe what is going on in this generation and in mature people as well. It's not just, not just young people. It's happening all over the world. You, you know, we should be slightly concerned. But there is good news. The good news is this. Although it is definitely the diet of the day, it's not something that is a shock to God. 
And I thank God that when you open up God's Word, which for some people they think, oh, it's just so irrelevant. It was written thousands of years ago. Yet the very first sermon Jesus thought to preach was don't worry. Like of all the sermons, it's like he went straight for the jugular. Like It's like he knew what we were going to be going through. And I'm just so thankful that, that what I get to say tonight is relevant. It's actually more relevant than tomorrow's newspaper. Like God, God's got this. And some of you may have heard the story of a young lady who jumps into a cab in New York City. And she quickly jumps in and they're, they're, you know, they're driving down one of the main streets of New York. And they're sitting in traffic for a while. And the car's, the car's quite, you know, quiet. He, the, the guy doesn't have the radio on. And, and, and so they're basically in traffic for at least 20 minutes. And the lady's just sort of sitting at the back, just quietly, quietly sitting there. Anyway, eventually she thinks, this traffic is so bad, I'm just going to let the guy know. I'm just going to hop out and I'm going to walk. She thinks that she could probably walk quicker. So she leans over and she taps the cab driver on the shoulder. He floors the car, smashes into the car in front of him, goes up onto the embankment, smashes into a, 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 a garbage bin and smack bang into the front of Tiffany's uh, uh, jewelry. Smack straight into it. And she's like, what? what? Like, just so thankful to be alive. She goes, what, what happened? He goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She says, what happened? I just tapped you. He goes, you don't understand. I was driving hearses for 20 years. The second laughter comes about now. If you don't know, just turn to the person beside uh, you. know, hearse, right? He was, driving, he was driving dead people around for 20 years, right? He was driving dead people. He, listen, listen. He was used to doing life alone. And when someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, hello, he was so shocked that he couldn't help himself but ran the taxi into a shop front. And you know, for a lot of us, we are just way too used to doing life alone. You're just, and, 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 and I, I want to tell you tonight, God wants to tap you on the shoulder tonight and say to all of us, you don't need to do life alone anymore. We don't need to be used to, yeah, come on, let's give him a, a shout of praise. That's amazing. We don't need to do life alone. And I want to speak straight into this this topic tonight, because it's so relevant to all of us, and I've got to tell you, as you're going to hear me say, this, this is relevant for me. I've got to live this message. That, that's the good thing about, about something like this. It's not, this is a message for you. No, no, no. This is a message for me. You just, you just get to listen in on it, okay? Because if I don't live by this, I'm telling you, it destroys me just like it destroys some people, okay? I'm telling you right now, this is not like, oh, you guys need to do that. I do something different. No, I have to live by this. And you'll see why. You'll see why in a moment. Because, guys, what the enemy wants us to do is to live in the land of what if. That's, that's pretty much what anxiety is. It's the land of what if. What if my car gets totaled? What if I get laid off from work? What if my house gets robbed? What if I get cancer? Come on, some of us are right there. What if, what if my kids want to leave home? For some of you, it's what if my kids want to stay home? <laughs> and for some of you right now, your biggest worry is that you can't think of anything to worry about. And that worries you. Like, should I be worried about something? Because I'm not worried about anything right now. But maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just being ignorant because I should be worried about something, but I'm not really worried about much. No, no. 
You know, anxiety, guys, has its roots in worry. That's why Jesus spoke straight into it. And I don't know about you, but, you know, seriously, I'm, I'm 50 years old now. And, and I've got to tell you, you know, when I was much younger, I used to sleep soundly. These days, well, not, not, not now, but there was a time not too long ago where, honestly, I was lucky to get three or four hours sleep per night. And I would wake up with heart palpitations. And, and, and I, I would just wake up anxious and nervous and worried about something. It's like my brain overtook my sleep. And, and, and what it is, it's, it's unresolved worry. So it's obviously worry that I've had during the day that I didn't, I didn't do what I'm going to tell all of us to be doing in a moment. I, I didn't do that. So my computer, my computer didn't know what to do with this information. So it would shoulder tap me and say, hey, wake up, wake up, stop thinking about this stuff because your life's falling apart. And so I'd wake up at 2 a.m. and ask Helen, like, it was terrible. I wasn't getting the sleep that I needed. And you know what? You can't do that for too long without it starting to pay a price in your body somewhere. And so it culminated with, with one day we went to Pastor Paul de Jong's conference. You guys may have been to this beautiful conference, about 2,000 people at Pastor Paul de Jong's church. And we were in the second row from the front. And, and I'm there and I'm just worshiping like, just like we were tonight to this beautiful music. And, and I'm just like there, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, it's like someone grabbed my heart, right? It was like, and I'm like, uh-oh, I think I know what this is, right? And then... I started to feel the numbing pain go down my left arm. Oh, ho, ho, ho. And I'm like, so this is how it ends for me. <laughs> I, I wish I was exaggerating, right? I'm like, so this is how I die. This is how my wife tells the story. Yeah, we were at a conference. <laughs> and it just collapsed and he just died. My biggest concern, truth be told, was am I going to die in front of 2,000 people? That's all I was worried about. Because you can just imagine, I collapse, someone says to Pastor Paul, Pastor Richard's on the ground, and then he has to stop the whole conference, everyone starts coming over, right? And I'm picturing this whole thing in my head, right? So I, I say to Helen, I'm going outside. So I go outside, and, and I'm feeling a little bit better, but I decide to go to the pastor's lounge. So I go to the pastor's lounge, and one of the people there go, are, are you okay? And I go, I just got this bit of a pain in my chest. She goes, do you have any problems in your family with heart help? I go, actually, my uncle died of a heart attack. Well, these people that have been waiting for an incident for 10 years to happen at conferences, they take me straight in. No, I promise you, not a word of a lie. They take me straight in. Elevate your feet. Put your feet up. They bring out the oxygen masks, right? So my feet are elevated. They bring out the oxygen. Right? And everyone's walking around. They're all staring at me. And I'm like, oh, man, what's happening? Ambulance turns up. Ambulance pulls up at the front doors. So now you can't even get around. So then they put me into, and off I go to the hospital now. I'm off to the hospital, and, and, and then I get there. I'm, I'm, I'm racing through the story, right? So I get there, and then, I, you know, they quickly, what's the matter? Heart attack, heart attack. This guy's dying of a heart attack. They quickly get me in. Yeah, they strip off your clothes. That's when they, they think evolution must be true, because if you see what's under here, if you see what's under here, <laughs> I'm half Lebanese, guys, right? Half Armenian, right? Right? There's no razors made for this, right? You know, nurses, you know what I'm talking about? They're trying, you know, right? She was like, she's like, no, nah, this ain't going to work. They have to bring the clippers out. Anyway, load me up. They load me up, right? They do all the things and the ECGs and the bing, 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 boom. They run all the tests. They come back an hour later and, and, and the girl goes, um, 
have, have, do, she goes, do, do, do you have a heart condition? And I said, well, I don't know. You tell me. She goes, you do. You do have a heart, heart condition. And I said, so I had a heart attack. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, you've got anxiety in your heart. She goes, there is nothing that shows that you are having a heart attack anyway. She goes, but are you stressed? I said, absolutely, I am. She goes, do you wake up at night and you're always worried about stuff? I said, absolutely. She goes, that's what's causing this. And so from that day, I went on a journey and thought, you know what? This worry thing, you can't play with it. You can't play with it. Seriously. Like, we've got to treat these things seriously and because that's not God's will for my life. It's not God's will for your wife, your life, your wife too. Yeah. So poke, poke the person beside you and say, it's not God's will for your life. It's not God's will for your life. Okay. So here we go. Let me change gears quickly. Jesus was asked by the disciples, Lord, teach us how to. Ah, oh, well taught, church. Well taught. I said that to my church and they went, fast? What, what happened? <laughs> well taught, church. Disciples didn't ask Jesus, how do we do miracles? They didn't ask him about a whole lot of things. What they did ask him is, Jesus, teach us how to pray because they saw something about his prayer life that was very powerful. So they wanted to learn. So Jesus gives us just a few statements. Do we all know the prayer, by the way, right? Our, who art in, holy is, thy, thy, on, as it is in. Wow. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And depending what church you went to is how the last part goes. Right? If you're Catholic, it ended right there. But if you were Anglican or something, and then there's something about the power of God and the glory and all that too. All right? Amen. Good stuff. Amen. Okay. Listen, considering the Bible is like that thick, when Jesus tells us how to pray, he only gives us like that much. Like read it. If you read it in your Bible, it's like it's only that long. Considering he could have gone on, he could have written books about it, right? But he, just a few statements. One of those statements is give us today our daily bread, right? Very powerful statement, only if you know what he is referring to. Have you ever thought about it? Give us this day our daily bread. For a lot of us, we literally think that that means, God, make sure I've got food to eat today. And, and, and in some countries, wow, what a powerful, needed prayer. But, but I don't think in Australia, you re, we're not praying it's, God, please, I need food today right? If anything, probably eating a bit too much of it, right? Let's, right? Let's be honest, right? We're all intermittent fasting now. We're skipping meals, right? Like for us, our version should be, Lord, don't give me bread today because I'm, I don't want to eat carbs, please, right? <laughs> right? Let's be honest, right? So, so for us, that part is probably not so relevant, but, but it is relevant when you understand the reference. What is he talking about? Well, we need to go all the way back to the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verse 4. Okay, the people of God were really hungry and they were crying out, Moses, we're starving to death. We need some food. And so, and so what did God do? The Bible says that God rained down manna. Do you know what manna was? Manna was like a, a wafer of some sort. Okay, and God used to rain it down. Now, so we read this. Watch this, verse four. Is it on the screen? Yes, here it is. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Watch this. Each day, can everyone repeat that after me? Each day, the people can go out 
and pick up as much food as they need. Can you repeat it one more time? For that day. And then he says this. This is such a strange verse or or sentence next. He says, I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. It's almost like God said, I know I've told you to do something, but I know you're not going to do it. Which is quite a sad thing. But what was God doing for them that day? God said, look, you've got a need. You've got a need. And I'm going to give you the food you need for that day. You've got a hunger. You've got a hunger. I'm going to give you the food you need to satisfy your hunger for that day. And then God says, now, by the way, I'm going to test you in this. Well, Exodus 16 comes along. Here we go. Verses 19 to 20. True to form, human beings. Here we go. Then Moses said to them, told them, do not keep any of it until morning. Don't keep the food that you had yesterday. Get rid of it. He says, but some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. And Moses was very angry with them. What were these people doing? What were they doing? Let me tell you what they were doing. They had a need. And God said, that's cool. I can give you everything you need for that day. So they had some trouble going on in their day. And God said, I'm going to give you the grace for that day. But what they tried to do is they said, but you know what? What does tomorrow look like? And they tried to gather some grace for tomorrow's problems. In other words, listen, listen, they were thinking about tomorrow and the Bible says you're not allowed to. That's where anxiety comes from, guys. Most of your anxieties, I would say 98% of them are not because of today's problems. It's what you're thinking about tomorrow. And God said, don't do that. Just pick up the bread that you need for the day. So now let's go back to Jesus' words. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, God, give me what I need to get through and to be like you today. You're you're only allowed to think about today. Now, watch this. This, Now we come back again, all right? So we've gone back to Moses. Let's go back to Jesus again. Matthew 6, 34, here it comes. Can you read this out with me loud and clear so that your neighbour can really hear you? Are you ready? One, two, three. So don't worry about tomorrow. Why? For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Come on, with some power. Today's trouble is enough for today. Whoa, come on. And all of us go, yeah, that's great, but I'm not doing it. Because most of us are like the Israelites, and we go, yeah, sounds great, but um, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that because, because I heard a course about, about forward thinking, and, 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 and you know, no, I, I know better. The only problem you've got is John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Yeah. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Watch this. And through through Him, all things were made. Okay. Your Maker is telling you don't do it. Your Maker. not, Not just a prophet. Not just a good teacher. Not just a nice guy. The person who made you. He knitted you in your mother's womb. He knows how you work. And He is saying to you, guys... Guys, 
if you think about stuff outside of 24 hours, you're going to blow a fuse. Not allowed to do it. Now, when I come back to me for a moment, what was I doing during this stage? We were smack bang in the middle of stage two, and I didn't know whether we would have the funds to complete it. What was I doing? Thinking about future troubles. And according to the word of God, my body's not built for it. And we may think we are amazing people, but you're just not built for it, friends. And that's why we are seeing a whole generation of people who are worrying about stuff. And what does it lead to? It leads to anxiety. What does anxiety lead to? It leads to depression. And that's according to the Word of God. Amen? Now, I know this is challenging some people because it's like, oh, man, is this, is this what's going on in my world? Now, listen, I'm going to practically illustrate this for you. So, where's Jace? Jace? Yeah, yep. there's some guys here that, yeah, can, I, can I get just a few of you guys up here? Can you give them a huge round of applause? Yep. Come on up, boys. You can be number two. You can be, so come over here, right? You can be number one. You can be number three. And would you be number four over there? Okay, so, so you can come stand just right there. Okay, give them another round of applause. Great young man here. Okay, so according to the Word of God, if God gives me today my daily bread, right, I have got the strength. The Bible is telling you, this is, do you want to hear the really good news? Whatever happens today, the Bible says that you can cope with it because you've got the bread. You've got the grace for today. God's going to give you the grace for whatever happens today. While it is still today, God's grace is right there for you. So when I think about it, so this is Sunday. G'day, Sunday. How are you? So according to the Word of God, you need to hold this. Hello. <laughs> and you know what? Truth be told, no, seriously, truth be told, I could do this for at least 10 minutes. Four minutes. That's impressive. Three minutes. Right? No, seriously, I could do this, no problem. I could worship. Holy, there is no one like you. See, even my troubles sing. Right? But see, but see, but listen, but, but listen, we did an Anthony Robbins course. You watch some amazing YouTube clip that, that you're better than that. No, no, you're going to be forward thinking. So what you're going to do is you're going to take today's troubles and you're going to start thinking about Monday. G'day, Monday. How you going? So we say to Monday, hop on. Oh. <laughs> hop on. Oh. Hop on, Monday. And you know what? You know what? I'm still doing Okay because I've got a high capacity. I'm a high capacity person. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. But you know what? Let's start thinking about Tuesday as well. Come on, Tuesday. Come on, Tuesday. We can do it. Come on, Tuesday. We can take you on. Hop on me, Tuesday. And look, all of a sudden, Wednesday wants to get involved. Wednesday. Get off me, Wednesday. I resign. That's it. I've had enough. <laughs> Did you notice I didn't even tell Wednesday to hop on? He just went, he just went, this guy's almost dead anyway. Just jump on him. 
I'm glad you're laughing because I think personally, because heaven knows we're probably not going to die, but angels sit around and go, <laughs> look at the way they're trying to carry Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday and next, you're carrying next year. And heaven says, carry today. Listen, guys, what's the answer to anxiety? We've got all these methods and, and strategies. Listen, just only think about today's issues. That's what Jesus told you to do. And he knows how we work. And look at me, I'm still puffed. So what does this mean? You're allowed to strategize for tomorrow. You're allowed to get excited about tomorrow. You're allowed to envisage tomorrow. You're just not allowed to carry it. That's all. Can't carry it. Yeah, yeah, come on. Let's get excited about that. Yeah, yeah. George Gallup, George Gallup once made a study of 402 people who had lived past the age of 95. Anybody want to go there? Yeah. He wanted to know the secret of their longevity. He found the common factor was a lack of anxiety, worry, and tension. They said, we live one day at a time. Yeah, I know, but they probably be broke because they, you know, they probably didn't work hard enough and they weren't worrying enough about money. Hey, listen, sometimes you've got to choose. Do you want long life or what? If you want long life, the Bible says, you're not allowed to carry tomorrow. You're not allowed to carry its issues and its problems, friends. And I'm telling you right now, let me tell you, for some of these young people, and I've got a real heart for you guys, I love you so much. And maybe if it's for some of you older people, but it's mainly our younger generation. You know what? You guys can't ignore the troubles of tomorrow because it comes at you in a form of a phone. See, for us, for me to know what people were up to, I used to have to get on the internet. I used to have to send a letter. Like, remember, I'm a dinosaur, Right? But you guys, if you want to know what some youth pastor or some guy is doing on, the, on another continent, all you've got to do is just go flick. And all of a sudden it tells you, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. What if that happens to me? How come I'm not there yet? And boom, within six seconds in a cafe somewhere, you're full of worry and doubt and anxiety. Do you know how hard that was for us? But for you guys, it's so easy. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't be sedulous and, and, and just determined to not be a person who was racked with anxieties. Amen. Are you with me? Now, I know, look, I know I'm speaking to lots of people right now, and some of you are thinking about your own life. Please hear the heartbeat of God here. Hear the heartbeat of God. He loves you. There's no judgment in this. He just wants you to enjoy your marriage. He wants you to enjoy your job. He wants you to enjoy life. How do we do that? We've got to do what he said. Stop gathering manna for tomorrow. Because it stinks and it smells. And that's how, that's how our lives end up becoming. Your attitude ends up stinking and smelling because you're so worried about everything. Just gather enough grace for today. Give someone a high five if you know what I'm talking about. Come on, someone. So very quickly, come on, you know this. You know this. Philippians chapter four, verses six to seven. Here it comes. Here it comes. The Apostle Paul, who obviously knows his stuff. Here he comes. He says... Don't worry about some things. Let's read that again. Don't worry about the trivial things. Don't worry. He says, don't worry about anything. Do you, know, do you know, that's sort of, that's pretty absolute. You're not allowed to worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, what does he say? Pray about everything. Let me, let me be really poetic for you. 
What he's saying to you is turn your cares into prayers. Oh, mate, come on. I flew all the way from Melbourne so you guys could hear that. How do we do what you're talking about, Pastor Rich? How do you do it? It's really simple, guys. Use the trigger. Every time you're starting to feel an anxious thought, every time you're thinking, what, what's going on? You're caring about something. Don't just care about it because you probably can't do much about it. What you've got to do is stop yourself and go, okay, I'm feeling terrible right now. I've got a, I've got a pit in my stomach. I don't feel great. Stop and turn it into a God. Can you please help me? God, God, I, amen. Amen. Come on, you've got to turn every care you've got into a prayer and just do it over and over until it just becomes second nature. You're sitting at the traffic light and some thought hits you and it's like that. Oh, you know that, you know, you, it's, come on, you know what I'm talking about? I've forgotten. Oh, okay, I understand. Sometimes you've got to make a phone call quickly, but sometimes it's just about you thinking, man, I'm still single. Seriously, you're, you're 28. Man, I'm still single. Ugh. And by the time I get married, find the guy again, then we have a kid and all that. I'm going to be 35. If I'm 35, you know, they say that the body clock starts to slow down. And then, and then maybe I can't even have you. And then I've got to do IVF. And that's really expensive, IVF. How am I going to afford IVF? I've got to talk to my parents. But then they've got to sell a home down in Rosebud. And if they sell that, oh, my gosh. Where do we? And the, and the light hasn't even turned green yet. No, no. He, he, I'm not married. I'm 28. Father. Father, come on, you know what's going on. Please, Lord, but let him be handsome and all that as well. And please, Lord, enough of the ugly, all right, please. All right, handsome one once in a while, nothing wrong with that. Okay, but what have you just done? You've taken what could be a worrying situation and you've said, God, you live in my future. See, if I had kept the guys up here a little bit longer, but I thought I'll save them from the embarrassment. But the truth is, I was allowed to carry Sunday, but Monday, God was already there. And in Tuesday, God was already there. And in Wednesday, God was already there. And you know how it goes. I mean, I don't have enough stage, right? God already lives in your future. He doesn't, listen, okay, I'm gonna, I, I, can, can you get ready to clap? Because this is a good statement. It's a really good one. God lives in your future, so you don't need to be there yet. Oh, come on. He's already there. And, if, and if, only he could, if only he could yell out to you, hey, it's 2024. It turns out okay. If only he could yell back to us and say, it's, it, hey, you don't need to be, it's awesome. It's going to be great. Just go through the process of every day. Because about here, about here, I really change your life. And then about here, something devastating happens, but it's good for you, but probably bad for some other people or vice versa. And, and something, and then by the time you get there, you're a different person. God's already in your future. So you don't need to be there, friend. That's why he just says, just live one day at a time. So are you ready to see how relevant your Bible is? Okay, can you just humor me again and just yell it out with me? All right, is this okay? Are you all with me still? Okay, Proverbs 12, 25, come on, how powerful is this? Ready? One, two, three. Anxiety in the heart of a man or woman causes depression. It's an old book though, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it an old book and full of old things? Really? It's the, it's the thing that Victoria is struggling with right now. One in four young people in Australia, in Victoria, have contemplated suicide. I think it's still relevant. 
Anxiety, it starts with anxiety, guys, in the heart of a person leads to depression. But what's the cure? But a good word makes it glad. What is a good word? Everything that's being said tonight, everything that you read in your own Bible, everything you listen to a podcast about God being great and you can trust Him, anything that a man or a woman of God say to you and say, come on, God is for you, He's not against you. A good word will make it glad. Amen? So we're going to be making sure that we're preaching messages that are good words for people. And I know that this church is definitely one of those. So can I go a bit deeper? Just, just another scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9. It says, now emerge church. And now emerge church. One final thing, he says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and they're worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. Watch this. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then, everyone say then, then. You can only quote this next part if you've done all the top bit. Because see, we always quote that last part, right? And may the God of peace be with you. Well, no, that's not gonna happen if you're not fixing your thoughts on what is true and what is noble and what is right. Helen and I were living in Queensland Yes, we have lived in Queensland, guys. Maybe that's where it comes from, Helen. We were living in the magnificent city of Mackay. <laughs> Love you, bro. We lived in Mackay for 12 months. 12 months. And that was about enough, guys. But we lived in Queensland. I used to play piano in Canefield Shopping Centre. Yeah, sing us a song, you're the piano man. That was me. And we had a great time. We had a great time. One night, our daughter Sarah was two years old and Stephanie was five months old. We're sleeping, you know, in Queensland, warm weather. You open up all the windows, you can hear everything, you know. And so I'm sort of lying awake. There was a warm night, so I wasn't sleeping too well. And all of a sudden, I could hear a shoo I go, hang on, I think that, that sounds like the back door from the garage to me. So I listen a little bit closer. And then I start to hear footsteps coming up the hallway. And my daughter's bedroom is directly. So this person will get to my daughter before it gets to me. So I reach out from underneath my bed. I grab a baseball bat. Sorry. Hope that doesn't freak any of you out. But I play baseball. <laughs> All right. Let's just go. Let's just go with that. All right, I play a lot of baseball. Not a baseball ball to be found anywhere in the house, but. And, and, I, and then and I get up very quietly and I stand next to the doorway of our bedroom, waiting for. And this person's getting closer and closer and closer. And they're right at my daughter's bedroom and they start to open her door. So I come around and I start laying into this guy, laying into him. I'm laying, yeah. And in, and in the middle of this event, I say, God, please help me. And God says to me, how can I help you? None of this is happening. It's all in your head. None of that happened. None of that happened. The initial creaking sound did happen. And my brain made up the rest. Yeah. Just like, just like hey, listen, don't, don't, don't judge me. You've done the same. <laughs> Come on. We are all Steven Spielbergs in this place. 
And you guys are movie makers. All right, what happens if I, if I lose my job? What would happen if I lost my job? What would happen if I lost my job? Well, you probably couldn't make the car repayments. You can't make the car repayments. You can't get another job. Probably means you're going to lose your house. If you can't lose your house, if you lose your house, where are you going to live? You're going to have to live under a bridge somewhere. You're going to be a homeless person in a cardboard box. People are coming around. They're kicking you. And, and, and you go, God, help me. And God says, you haven't lost your job. You haven't lost your job. And, and, you know, for a lot of us, we make movies. Now, listen, the incredible thing is, how do we do that? We've been given a God-given imagination, guys. It's a gift from God. And we're supposed to, listen, we're supposed to make rom-coms. <laughs> right? You're supposed to make comedies. You're supposed to make adventure films and documentaries. No, 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 you're making horror films. Are you, isn't, isn't it true? We're making horror films up here. What if it all goes wrong? What if it goes right? Why don't we let our imagination go wild with what if it goes right? And what if I prosper? And what if I marry the right person? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's a God-given imagination. I'm, some of you are still freaking out that I was bashing someone. I wasn't bashing anyone. My brain just led me down the road of what would happen if what if it was someone? What would I do next? I would reach for my baseball bat. The truth is I did, actually didn't have one, but I was imagining I had one. My point, I do, have, I do have one now because of that whole thing. My point is, guys, listen, you've got to be really, really diligent. Amen? You've got to be diligent with this. Now, listen, listen, we've got to be people who turn our cares into prayers. You've already heard me say that. We've got to be people who understand we've only got the grace of God for today. The grace of God doesn't need to be in your tomorrow. But if you're carrying tomorrow, how can God's grace get to you? So you are outside of the grace of God. Are you hearing me? You're outside. God, help me. God says, I can't help you. You're not there yet. I can help you for whatever you're in. Have you got some marriage problems right now today? God's grace is going to be there for you. But if you're imagining marriage problems, God's, God's grace can't reach you. Are you hearing? He can't reach you. So what does all of this come down to? All of this comes down to the fact that you've got to say, God, I completely trust you for my tomorrow. Do you remember the scripture that says this? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. What, are they? what sort of plans are they? They're plans to give you a hope and a future. God's in your future. It's going to turn out okay, guys. But we just need to be people that fully surrender the anxiety. Amen. So you know what? In a moment, I'm going to ask the worship team, can you come wherever you guys are? I'd love you to come join me. And I've got a reputation because I'm a bit of a muso, so I'm really bad with the musicians at our church because I make them do songs that they haven't rehearsed. And I think I'm going to get them to do it again. But they're so brilliant. I wouldn't do it to you if you weren't so brilliant. But I'm just wondering if we could do that song. The one that says, but what can I say? And what can I do? but offer this heart, O oh God, completely to you. And then, and then the chorus comes around. Do you remember what the chorus says? It says, and I'm going to stand with arms high and my heart's abandoned. And, and here they go, look at them, look, they're poor things. Look, what, is it? what are the chords? What are the chord structures? You know what? We'll do it a cappella because we all know how to sing it. So it's okay. We're going to be fine here. We're going to be fine here. Tonight. Some of you are actually anxious right now. Stop being anxious. Stop. <laughs> I've just completely undone my message in some of you right now. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, how are the band going to do this? Are they going to be okay? Why does Pastor Richard do this to this poor worship team? 
It's okay. I spoke to Keith earlier, man. He's, he's all over it, man. He is all over it. This church is the cheekiest, naughtiest church in the whole nation, I tell you, right? You guys, you're so much fun. You guys are so much fun. I love being with you. Hey, listen, there's a very funny side to this message. There's a very serious side to it. Listen, come on, guys. Life, no judgment, no judgment. Do what you need to do. But I don't think God created us so that we're just going from one bit of medication to the next and to the next and to the next and to the next and to the next. And I get a bit frustrated when people say that they're on medication. And I get it. I, when I've got a headache, I take Panadol. I take medication, no problem. But it's sort of, a, if I'm banging my head with a hammer, banging my head with a hammer, and then I go, I've got a headache. I need some Panadols. You go, mm, how about you stop banging your head with a hammer? Right? And you know what? When I see the way some people treat their mind and their body, I get a bit angry. For you, stop, stop worrying. S- stop stressing. It's not helping you. Get off your phone. Get off it. Seriously. You know, it's such a problem that even Apple have worked out that, you know, it sort of tells you how much time you've spent on it. You're supposed to look at that and go, oh my gosh. Right? No, seriously. Come on, look after yourself. Do, let's do what Jesus, and so the only way to do it that I know is that you, what's your, what's your name, young man? David. You're such a great man. You've got the best looking eyes in this place, mate. David. The Word of God would say to you, would say to you, you need to come to God with a heart that's just abandoned. God, I completely trust you. You've got this. But God, can you get me through today? You can hold him to that one. But God, can you get me through? Because you promise you'll get me through today. Not tomorrow. Today. Only today. So can you abandon Tuesday, Wednesday? Can, Can you abandon Friday? You're thinking about Friday. Stop thinking about Friday. One last, one last little point. I'm sorry, I've gone over time. Is that okay? I've flown all the way from Melbourne. Just give me two minutes. Imagine you saw someone eating a really big meal. You go, bro, that's a big meal. It's a big meal. Yeah, yeah. Why, why are you eating such a... Bro, I'm going to be so busy Friday. I won't have time to eat. But today's Sunday. Yeah, I know. But on Friday, I'm not going to have time to eat. So I'm eating today. <laughs> Bro, you can't eat for Friday. Just like you can't achieve anything for Friday by worrying. But you can eat for today. Can't even eat for tomorrow. Can't eat for the day after. Stop worrying. Amen. Come on. Let's listen to what he has to say, guys. Now, good news story. I've put this into practice. I've put this into practice. No word of a lie. I've been sleeping better. Heart pain's gone. Just a much better life. Much better life. Amen.